so I've been very fortunate, my very good friend, to have uh, 14 million people take a look at uh, everything that is God of War on VGS in the last like 20 days. Is that an Andy number or a real number? That is an Andy number. And <laughs> the probably the best comment that I ever saw, maybe in this entire experience of it on YouTube, is on a very, very touching scene. You might remember it early on where uh, Kratos goes to Atreus in the boat and says, like, hey, like, I'm I'm grieving my own way. Like, don't try and claim that I didn't care about her. And there's oh, like, damn, yeah, yeah, there's there's a nice there's a really true moment there. Boy, boy on the inside. Yes. So all that nice stuff. And the top comment on that was just like dot, 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 dot. <laughs> Sorry, I can't even say it. <laughs> Don't tell Atreus that you one time tag team three bitches with a uh, 12 button combo. Because <laughs> that's what happened. That is he was grieving. He was dealing with it in his own way. Yeah. No, but you remember yeah. that was what <laughs> happened in like the earlier God of War games where like. Yeah. And that's what the camera panned like away. Yeah. Then you had to do the. Yeah, the combo and the joystick uh, turning oh, stuff. You got to yeah. move that joystick. So that is what is funny, like is that they took this character, which is even from what I I read is like it was meant as kind of a middle finger to political correctness initially. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like a non-character, and they try to make a Last of Us ish uh, serious drama mm-hmm. about it, which is kind of funny. Like I think it really didn't work. Well, that's what we're going to talk <laughs> that, about like, today. Comment, that comment's correct. That co- it's exactly right. <laughs> Yeah, that did happen. But listen, that happened a long time ago. So this week on (laughs) VGS, Video Game Sophistry, uh, actually, no, this week on Dialogue Wheel, that's what this show is called, (laughs) our (laughs) weekly podcast that we're trying to jump back into. It's myself, Andy Burkowski, the creator of Video Game Sophistry, the one that's been uh, making all of those videos you have been watching, joined almost every week by Zachary Fanny, uh, an old friend, a professor of humanities, and someone that recently in your teachings, if I am correct, let me put words in your mouth, you were uh, diving into at least ostensibly some of the actual Norse uh, mythology in some of your latest teachings, uh, right? Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm just warm that you remember hey, things I say. That's why you're yeah. here, baby. <laughs> I, I remember this only for the show. That's the <laughs> asterisk. Um, but yeah, yeah, we uh, I teach like a world history course and we look at world religions and uh, polytheisms. And so the Norse uh, are one of the ones I, I choose to compare amongst some of the others like Egyptian, mm-hmm. uh, mine or uh, uh, the Olmec cultures and stuff. And, and we look at the commonalities um, all between them. So yeah, like that was the draw for me. It wasn't necessarily to play as Kratos again. Cause again, he's just kind of like a, like a, just a hunk of muscle. Yeah. Um, Very but to get into like the Norse world and in that first half, I really love, well, hold on, hold on. Um, before, before you, yeah. you blow it out too early, I, yeah, yeah. I want to ask you if you remember, um, from the actual interpreted Norse mythology, uh, mm-hmm. what was maybe one of the biggest differences to what, Sony Entertainment and Santa Monica has done in the latest God of War because there is a, a pretty big distinction that now the Aesir and the Vanir are fighting each other and, and one yeah, is yeah, very, yeah. very identified as being evil yeah. while the other one isn't and the Giants kind of play this role as yeah. guardians in a way. So I don't know how much you remember, yeah. but of the specifics. No, it's... Wh- yeah, what connects to reality of, of that uh, history, I guess? 
Well, what's interesting, I did like how they did it um, because they do kind of impart their own narrative to that that conflict. Um, but they make the uh, the Ace here like very um, uh, like evil, like they yeah, like in the just game, plainly like Thor evil. and Odin are just selfish and evil. And in the um, in the actual like the the mythology, like the prose at a um, and the poetic out of the Snorri Sturluson um, uh, pieces, um, like the Ace here are. are selfish and and everything like odin basically like falls forces a giantess to fall in love with him and he like promises to love her and give her companionship while she's trapped in a mountain all just all just to get the meat of poetry uh, and then abandons her zach these hoes ain't loyal i'm telling you yeah (laughs) and so he's an asshole uh but he but it's not as kind of uh like ideological and concentrated um uh, for like a grand kind of scheme like mm-hmm. it is in god of war where like he's trying to just overtake um the earth um so he they kind of amped it up in the game which i thought like really worked um and the vanir Aesir divide it happens in a lot of other religions too like in um, um like in hindu mythology you have mm-hmm. um like uh, indra and brahma as kind of like early gods and representation of representations and personifications of nature and then they transmute into you know uh, like shiva uh, it, um, uh, like gods that mm-hmm. represent are more like people and represent mm-hmm. more of human uh, um, human qualities and so like the vanir traditionally historically are, are a bit more personifications of nature like freya and freyr um, who represent like fertility and agriculture and, and life. Um, like those are very primal forces, right? Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and then the Aesir very much are just kind of like empowered humans and they represent human qualities. What was the role um, of giants in the actual histories, if you recall? Because in this game, they are vitally important and kind yeah, of yeah. are influence every sort of major interaction that we have is trying to get to Jotunheim. And right. some of my favorite moments in the game are when Mimir and Atreus really nerd out on all of those great, like uh, giant shrines. And we get to learn a little, like I, I love those moments. Do you remember uh, how I guess accurate that is to the mythologies? The stories are good. I, I actually really like that. That was my favorite components that I was interested in because it represents um, like the oral nature of these stories too, mm-hmm. because you know these these are stories that you would tell each other in your community and and village and whatnot and um as a result like those stories would change with each telling um and so i really like that you would just find fragmented remnants of these Mm -hmm. tales and then you'd have to get a trace to interpret it or mimir to interpret it for you um because that kind of represents how the stories existed and were transmuted and not exactly permanent um in the uh, original societies that they came from and like with snorri strilson he writes this stuff down but only after like Scandinavia becomes Christianized. Mm. So um, you get kind of, it's kind of like the Iliad, like you just get, I guess, a more solid version of, of the cosmology and the tale, but you don't really know how many varieties there were out there. Mm. So the giants are more central, I think, in, in the game than they are in the myth, in the mythologies itself. Like a lot of the stories, the giants are um, kind of ancillary to the main, to Midgard um, uh, and like the world where things are happening um, in terms of stuff that concerns people. And so the giants um, are just like another race that hoard um, uh, things like the meat of poetry. They they hoard certain um, uh, like armor and resources. Mm. They trick the Aesir gods. Like uh, there's like a giant that basically tricks uh, Thor into like lifting up his giant cat and Thor can't do it and they all laugh at him. <laughs> so they exist, they exist as foils. Yeah, they're really just foils for the gods and they mm-hmm. kind of represent... Um, or kind of exacerbate and highlight um, the gods' limitations and 
symbolically our limitations as, as human well, beings. Well, I so. think that at least follows and tracks a little bit in the game because a lot of those yeah, tales yeah. do yeah. represent kind of a folly of, if not perhaps the giant, then the god that they were uh, trifling with. But yeah. the overarching kind of meta narrative that involves Atreus, who, of course, there's going to be spoilers in this, that is uh, Loki and that will be now bringing Ragnarok. That's the third thing to look at in the actual mm. mythology. So in in the game, what people have ostensibly kind of understood is that Atreus is Loki and that when Loki fights yeah. with his child, that is the world serpent from the future with Thor, it will be ostensibly the end of the world. And uh, the game itself at the very end kind of harkens to that where we see Kratos, if not hurt by Atreus, which I don't think would happen, but it died in a different way. And now Atreus Loki mm-hmm. needs to continue a lot of people are talking about this. I, d- I did find it interesting. Uh, that is not exactly how Ragnarok is supposed to happen, is it? No. So it it is. I mean, the stuff they're doing with the Loki reveal, I'm not I'm not sure because they're just kind of off on their own on that one. Yeah. Um, but according to a lot of the stories, it's uh, Loki's children are Jormungandr, the world serpent, um, Fenris Wolf, uh, which was the wolf that was in the Thor Ragnarok movie, yeah. um, and Hel or Hela, mm-hmm. um, who's basically like a girl who's um, half girl. She's like two faced in yeah. Batman uh, Forever, or the one with what's his name? It's well, Hela, Hela is from Ragnarok too, isn't it? Yeah, but yeah. she looks like like the two face. Uh, what's that guy? Uh, Tommy. Uh, Two Face? What are you talking about, boy? In in the Batman movies with um Harvey the guy Dent, from No Country for Old Men. Yeah, Harvey Dent, but in in the Batman Forever one. Okay, no one knows what Batman Forever is. Okay, don't even. Worry you know about the it. where he literally is divided, and it's like he has this the yeah, suit yeah, in his face. He's Two Face. I get it. And get rotted, it. and then his other face. I freak. Oh, we know the actor. Really old guy. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, but she Hell Hell or Hella looks like that. Like she's half just a normal looking girl, and she's half just a rotted, disgusting corpse. Tommy Lee Jones. Uh, Tommy Lee Jones. That's Tommy it. Lee Jones. My memory is just. We got that it. makes actually me sad. Yeah, don't worry. That. It'll but, happen. It'll happen. It'll happen. But yeah, we'll she, she looks like Tommy Lee Jones of Batman Forever, basically. And mm-hmm. Odin asks her, like, are you alive or dead? And she's like, I'm just hell. And so he <laughs> gives uh, Hela or hell the, the, the realm of hell itself where the dead go who didn't die uh, yeah. gloriously in battle. She has a, her bowl called, you know, hunger. Um, she has a knife that's famine and she has something else. So she represents basically all the forces that can suck the life from you as mm-hmm. opposed so to how does Ragnarok happen? Get to it. Get yeah. to it. Oh, sorry. So, <laughs> so, but this is all key to the, the, sure. the symbolism, right? So she, that's one of Loki's children. The other, um, uh, children, uh, child of Loki is the Fenris wolf. And this wolf basically, uh, becomes, keeps growing, becomes stronger and stronger and stronger. And the gods, of course, they're, you know, human, human, like dipshits. So they keep trying to chain up the wolf and the wolf keeps breaking these big, big chains and being like, ah, my glory is renowned forever because I'm breaking these unbreakable chains. And the gods eventually go to the dwarves, of course, and they're like, can you craft these really strong, the strongest chains that are known to man? And they craft a silk thread. And the silk thread is made from things like the footsteps of a cat uh, and the breath of a fish. It's interesting because uh, in the game, when you complete one of the missions, uh, one of the last side missions, the Hail to the King mission, because I'm cutting through all these videos, so I noticed that (laughs) Mimir actually says that Sindri and Brock made a chain yes. from the steps of a what, what were the things oh, again just 
Uh, the footstep of a cat, the breath of a fish. Yeah, yeah. So they use uh, those yeah. ridiculous things, and the nature's like, well, yeah. that's that's bullshit, and everyone just kind of laughs at it. But clearly, well, in the they, story they they say that they say, well, you you say, you know, you you think that you've never seen these things. How can they have them? Well, you never see them because the dwarves are always using them for crafting. <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But what happens is basically, uh, you know, they trick Fenris Wolf. Uh, or, or Fenrir to to be chained by this thing, and he's like, "Fine, you know, I'll do it." And he obviously is is bound, and he can't break it. Um, and as a result, he vows vengeance on uh, on the gods, and he says, "Like, I will, Odin, I will kill you. I was willing to be a friend to the gods, but I am going to end you." So that's kind of the how Ragnarok happens. Uh, Surtur, who's yeah. the guy in Ragnarok, he made a fire. Um, he, you know, he's a guy in Muspelheim yeah. where you do his trials. Um, he's going to emerge again and kind of conquer uh, Asgard. Um, and so it very much represents just the chaotic elements from which the worlds were born and the gods were born coming back to reclaim mm. the worlds that emerged out of them. So chaos and entropy reigning supreme. Um, and Fenrir and Jormungandr um, are going to assist in that process because the gods have wronged them. Mm. And so it, it's that it's that kind of greater... It's like w- the Greeks have the same thing where... Yeah these great characters kind of engender their own downfall. So, um, and I think the story's picking up on that, where it's like you have this prophecy of, of Ragnarok or Apocalypse or, you know, with Oedipus sleeping with your mom. And because you have this very small awareness of it, you basically make choices that mm. ensure it's going to actually happen, where it might not have These otherwise. people just had anxiety issues and they didn't know how to deal with them, so they created these myths. <laughs> yeah, so, and it's kind of brilliant because you think about it in these ancient cultures, like they actually... They actually represented in, in narrative form mm-hmm. this anxiety of like, oh, we're going to die one day. But also yeah. because we're so worried about dying, we might actually mm-hmm. hasten our own demise, which is what the gods do. Um, it, it's so interesting. In that case, just, like, sorry, you talked about it earlier, but yeah. um, in the case of Sutra or Sutur, uh in yeah. God of War, there's a very specific memory from um, Mimir that talks about him and kind of venerates him as a generous and kind and like important figure in these histories and I just think that's kind of interesting from what we've seen in the Marvel Universe and you know kind of mm-hmm. how it's depicted in other things that God of War is it's kind of it's cutting out its own little piece I think mostly to set up some type of world ending battle in their yeah. own narrative yeah. between Atreus yeah. who is now Loki and of course Thor that we got to see at the end of uh, the particular game yeah and I do like that like they're they're because they're dramatizing it more, like they're mm-hmm. making um, this conflict more of Odin's responsibility. Like the Vanir were, and Aesir were at peace. The giants kind of took Odin at his word. Yeah. And his constant um, desire for wisdom and power and domination uh, basically fuck everything up. Which is, it is in, in spirit akin to what happens in the stories. It's just that they've made it all much more centrally coherent as opposed to having these piecemeal mm-hmm didactic fables they need they need that big battle you know they need these two characters to have a big battle because that's how video games work so uh, just to start with i think that's fascinating that there is like some connections maybe not deliberate but at the very least that makes sense i hope yeah yeah no i well i i thought it was interesting um it seems like they're capturing if not the specifics the at least the intention of what a lot of these norse myths Represented, you're talking about that kind of anxiety, that self fulfilling prophecy yeah. that leads toward destruction. And what's interesting too is that, like, that was my problem is that they have all that there, and it is a compelling uh, take and um, uh, extension of the of the 
patterns that are in the Norse myths, uh, but they don't really go anywhere with it. I thought mm. like it, it is it feels very much like a prologue game, and so yeah, like you think it. You yeah, think so this it, is this is getting to the meat of it. So we start with yeah, yeah. Uh, Professor Fanny telling us all the beautiful bits that we didn't know about the Norse uh, mythology or you already did and you're correcting me in the comments, please be mean about it because that's how he responds most effectively if you're okay. very, very negative about him as a person. But you also didn't have... Memory, so give me a break. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was brilliant. Uh, you also didn't have the greatest takeaway from the game that is kind of universally being acclaimed as, especially with the narrative, uh, delivering an experience that is elevating, that is just superlative, kind of the best mm -hmm. of the generation. And I, I would put myself yeah. in that category as well. I, I really do believe that the way this story was told and the um, that confluence that we always talk about between how a game plays and how a story is told fit just as perfectly as I felt it did in The Last of Us. And I was even more compelled by the uh, the weight of the relationship between uh, Kratos and Atreus more so than I did with the two leads from... La what are the names again? I, I escapes me. Do you remember? Uh, of, of Last Joel, of Us. Like in Last yeah, of Us? Yeah, oh, Joel, Joel and... Um, uh, Oh, God. Ellie? I, yeah, Jewel and Ellie. So yeah. the, a similar dynamic that was very real, like they're able to create, I think, very um, acknowledged and human uh, relationships. I do think that because it's a, 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 a very authoritative male relationship, just like we saw yeah. in Queer Eye for the Straight Guy that came back, yeah. like if you ask any regular dude, like, oh, hey, I hear you have a father, they'll just like start crying because we're so closed off about talking about our relationships, especially with like authoritative dad. So I think that is kind of like a bit of a honeypot, bit of an easy one. But I was, I was really blown away with how they were able to create tension in that relationship that affected gameplay and the world. I do agree that the second half is absolutely more rushed than the first that, that creates that weight. But um, what's that? Like just a bit hollow. But what was your um, what was your takeaway? Because I I well, really did the relationship really meant a lot to me. Uh, gameplay we both agree it was it was completely brilliant. Oh like, yeah, there was not the, a just moment. Just the axe dynamic. I mean, yeah. oh man. And I read the whole blog post on how they fiddled with all the little uh, responses of the axe to getting it recalled to your hand, and it is kind of mechanically brilliant mm -hmm. um, in in its specificity and uh, how well it just works. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I, I agree. like the first half I really love because it opens you up very slowly to this world, um, both in terms of the space of the game, um, uh, in terms of like the narrative and the, the conceit of the game opens up slowly, but also it really introduce, introduces you to the action and its dynamics uh, really effectively. Mm -hmm. So the first half I was... Because Kratos um, is very much the other in this world. Yeah, and you yeah. Need I to was really use your son I, kind of to understand, which is a very interesting right. dynamic. Which Yeah, and I, which I liked and... Uh, I did think it was a bit like I do think it has is it's the game has its issues with women like you know the whole it's been talked about a million times but the woman in the in the fridge you know thing where it's like right away the wife dies yeah. um, and that's actually my first problem is that you have no understanding or context for 
what either their uh, relationship was with um, uh, this woman as a wife or mother. So you don't really understand the loss that they're experiencing in any clear way. Um, and I compare that to a movie like Up. Like there's four mm -hmm. minutes in Up where they take you through the life of the old man and his, uh, his the life he had with his wife. And that four minutes just gives you the context for understanding why he's so cranky in the rest of the film. And it makes you empathize with him really, really well. Mm -hmm. And there's nothing like that in this game. Well, so see, I disagree that with that because I think you're able to feel that real depth of relationship as you, especially early on, are on your journey and hear both of them talk about how, you know, like your mother really would have loved this sort of thing or she was strong in this sort of way. So you got to yeah, see but... them when they experience something feel lost in that way. And I think that like in comparison to a video game, I think it's a lot better for me, at least for the narrative to experience it as I'm doing something and think, wow, another character no, would have done but... this differently. You, you heard those someone things, and then, and then saying like, oh, here's like my dad died last year or something. And immediately your, your reaction, yeah, is one of sympathy, but it's not really empathy. You don't have like, yes, that prompts emotional reaction. It's it's good to have in the game, but it doesn't give you a real understanding of what they lost. Like you don't, you still don't have. But those context. moments do of when you're playing it. You, know, you don't think they, those they, moments they give you a sense? They, they, you know, to me, they communicate like the feelings the characters have, which you sympathize with. But I don't I never had a sense of what they really lost. I mean, slightly at the end, by the time he talks about like, oh, mother always wanted me to protect life and stuff like that. It was mm -hmm. a bit better. But and that's my problem, especially in comparing it to The Last of Us, is that it it has uh, like the valence uh, of, the, of the last of us serious kind of core relationship under severe mortal threat. Um, but that's all it is. It's kind of on the surface and it, and it, really relies on the player to buy into that um, and buy into those moments for it to work. Like the last of us, even that first um, chapter where you're dealing with your real daughter mm -hmm. um, and you you walk around as as your daughter and you pick up like cards and you see um, like what you wrote to your daughter for her birthday or something and you see like the shopping list saying like oh make dinner or order pizza or whatever because I'm going to be out late and work you get a sense that he's a bit overworked but he loves his daughter he's just trying to do right by her see this I can't um, believe that it, it, but you're taking on, that in, stretch in, in those five, wait, oh, but in those, like in those five ten minutes just by walking around you interact with a life in a world that exists for Joel before mm -hmm. the, the cataclysm. And so once his daughter gets shot, which is itself shocking, every time he's with Ellie and he has that moment when he like extends himself a bit to be there for her, you fully understand like what he's dealing with as a form of loss. And it's so, it, it's, it's a perfect uh, storytelling example of storytelling in a game and this gestures towards those things without really fulfilling yeah i think it doesn't the, give the us the stretch that you had of having kind of like a canned intro that you talk about in the last of us and saying that you felt something because you read you a list canned? i do i do think it, it was oh, it's in, in a real no. sense of the story absolutely but the fact that you're connecting with a piece of paper that you may have read to mean something for this character but not connecting with a living vibrant world in god of war that the players interacted with really, and i think it absolutely is the things change the world changes around you and your character's comments See, I, so I love the density of it, though. The fact that you were in a centralized world. Of course it was. It was in a centralized world that eventually, as things changed, became more and more dense. You're learning like more like and that's more in, about the world. That's worlds. in Zelda games and stuff, right? Where you have the water levels. Yeah. And, like, that's great. But it, and that's actually a problem I have with all the God of War games is that as worlds, they just have, it's just kind of like these, they feel like very uh, abandoned worlds mm -hmm. that are just filled with like puzzles to solve. And it's, 
and I, I, I like the well, last of us is like that too, stuff. though. Last of us is very much like well, that. Yeah, but no, you you get you really do get a sense like you you venture into like you know these communities uh, and these no, conflicts. I, I think you're really and wrong. And it's a zombie. It's a zombie comparison. world, right? Yeah. The, the conceit here of like oh the like the Valkyries are tied up, so the 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 dead are walking the earth. Yeah. There's no real sense like last of us. You're literally walking through overgrown cities. Like you see what was before the apocalypse mm-hmm. and in this one like you're just walking through a natural world and some zombies kind of fight you sometimes but that doesn't give you a sense of like what once was uh and i think that's well, really i think it's a little bit different it's here. not you're you're i i really don't see it that way because you're dealing with the god's relics so when you go into places like tears temple when you're able to complete a lot of the the side quests that explore a different area like the yeah, the hail you, kingdom one when you learn about yeah. like the dwarf the evil dwarf that tried to destroy everything to make this supreme armor and had to kill himself yeah, to make great. it yeah. like there's a depth there that is akin to what you're talking about. The Last of Us. The Last of Us wasn't even an open world. We don't need to compare it directly with that, but, right. but we have but been it, doing that's that. A, that. Those are good points, but even then, like you don't really get a sense of like how this world worked or how it interacted with all the other uh, worlds within it. It's just it's there. It's 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 there, but it's not there in any kind of depth that made it have. Well, it's not part of a import. It's not part of a civilization, really. It's kind of it's more of a, a mythical. Uh, almost yeah. trading post with the other yeah, realms. Then, wh- but, wh- but while you're doing it, Kratos is complaining the whole time of like, boy, when we do things that give us resources for battle yeah. and blah, 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 blah. So there's no, like, it's usually a, a very kind of like tertiary reason that you're even going to do it. And mm-hmm. it's, doesn't, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Oh, but it's see, not, that's, it, I, I really disagree with that point because I think this game, better than almost any even strong RPG I've played before, really is able to contextualize the reasons why you're doing these side quests because very early on it's something that you can see now almost every single not almost every single ancillary side quest that you do is connected to a smaller mini arc of a narrative that is connected to a a lesson you get like you know, you get the dwarf story, you get the story about like the captain and stuff. Well, yeah, you like, get the story about the well, captain. How does that all relate? It, it relates to the fact that this journey is about the relationship between Kratos and Atreus. So the game doesn't contextualize it to you try to be bigger in this world. Everything you're doing is how you're doing it for your son. And how does this relate to how you're teaching your son? And he's Kratos says this directly. It's not even a reach. Like that is why he even allows a lot of this, which I think is kind of a clever way because we as players, you know, won't. That could do work what we're if he was to. like slightly. That, like that would work if, if he was slightly a bit more open with his son. Like it's it's hilarious. Like how often he calls him boy and like reaches his hand to where his shoulder right, listen, to pull it back. I'm sorry it, that Papa Fanny called you boy and now you hate this game. But I, it's I, just <laughs> this withholding father business. Like it's it's just so kind of trite and like and overdone. Like oh, that's the Fanny. problem. Is like Kratos is such a non-character in the God of War games that to give him this like role of fatherhood now. Yeah, he grows into it a bit, but not, I don't think, in any substantial well, way. Well, I think that's because and, he... Okay, go ahead. Sorry. And, it's, and the, the game itself, like with ev- I think with everything, on every level, it's, it gestures towards important meaning um, without actually accomplishing it. So you're right. Like, the puzzle pieces are there. They can make, like, literal sense, but you don't really feel it as a player amidst, you know, the, the millionth puzzle or mm-hmm. the millionth zombie that you're hacking down. Like, it doesn't, it doesn't, there's no real I big it, moment oh, for me so that, strange, that, that, it, that ruined me or made me feel this game was transcendent like other games have. See, I really, um, I could identify a few moments where I really did see of what we knew about this character, that he was such an empty 
kind of broken character from the other games that didn't have this depth. And what I like about this game, it's not about like a redemption story. It's about what happens when we are, in my interpretation at least, when we are brought low and there isn't redemption, that you're not getting a chance to be that great father again. And the, the emptiness but great that father I found again, we don't that. even know or, or not again, like sorry, father. but to never to really never have that opportunity. And there are there are instances of that of how the relationship says about how he's always off hunting. Like there's a lot of narrative it says that is it, but told. You don't, again, you don't feel you don't understand what they had before. And but so, why not? As, it's the characters but, but are talking about speaking, it in relation to what's happening. Why can't why didn't that work? Speaking, that means that Kratos has gone through a marriage, the birth of a son and raising of a son. And by the time we get to him in this game, he's pretty much the exact same as he was in the other ones. So there was an arc in there somewhere that happened, but we is just a flat dead line for us. Like it's, there's no narrative well, dramatic life there. I, there are, uh, in the other games he did go through, like he did have a family that he lost. If we do especially want to go in the back catalog. Yeah, but it's not like that. And that's, I don't think he has those reasons. Yeah, I don't he think has motivations, but he, but it's not the same thing as like motivations aren't the same thing as storytelling. Like, they're no. one component. Right? I think so that it makes, your makes issue, plotting sense, but it yeah. doesn't actually give you um, a real um, uh, empath- empathetic sense of like what he has and what he's losing and why he's doing what he's doing. I'm, and I'm that's, really interested. I think a problem with trying to make though, a game, a God of War game like this. I'm, I'm really like, am yeah. interested in in why those more um, active forms of narrative storytelling didn't resonate with you and did with me and you know seemingly a, a lot of the audience that able was able to feel that their interactions with the world that reflected their relationship and the changes in their relationship and the changes in the world was enough to create an arc and create a story and, and to create you know so that pathos that you need when you're you're creating these sort of stories yeah. why didn't that land for you as opposed to um maybe more literal stories like you're talking about the the intro for the last of us or or up that's very much showing as opposed to telling yeah well that's exactly that's exactly it, right it's telling you things as opposed to really showing you them um so yeah the characters like all the puzzle pieces of the plot and even the motivations might make sense um but they don't dramatize them and those are two different things to dramatize something is to really make you uh, understand on an empathetic level why a character's doing what they're doing and understand the feeling um and uh, psychology behind mm-hmm. it right to have that sense of the conflict that's motivating the action forward um and so god of war justifies all of its you know plot moments and all of its character choices but literally by just having a character often whether it's Mimir or your son tell you things and mm-hmm. i think that's kind of poor storytelling and it you know and, I, and so it makes sense for people um but i don't think it leads to like exemplary or transcendent moments where you really feel at one with the character or you really experience the same emotional arc they do because the emotional arc of of kratos is like a blip on a flat line mm-hmm. um uh, oh that's problem. that's like, not he, fair he does, though when when atreus got sick and like no, that he, moment he, okay go ahead. Mean, atreus gets sick yeah you see a bit of worry which i did like but it's not nearly enough and he just gets what? more angry like it's, it's not it's just oh, fanny. And, and because of the stupid uh we can talk about that too the stupid one take thing my armor was blocking the shots of everyone's faces <laughs> so i couldn't even like register any of the the emoting that was going on like it, it's so that's a mechanical problem too like it's just it's there and it's told to you and it's in some cases shown to you but it's not enough and it's a bit too sparse for it to really be driven home mm. so i never had a real full sense of what they meant to like at the beginning what they meant to each other as characters what 
the, this woman who died meant to them. And as a result, I didn't really fully understand their loss. And for whatever resolution they have at the end, uh, I got, you know, on a surface level, you know, why it made sense and that there's a change now in the relationship. But it was really going from like A to A1, not from oh, A, to A, A to B. I'm like so, the jump I, I see after, so after different that than you, man. long of a game, that bloated of a game, um, the dramatic end point is far too close to where it began so differently than you i really so i i hear your take that it wasn't properly dramatized it's uh showing but rather you think, than telling do you think someone just going around and like telling you what, what well because you're not just telling good, is, the mamir story boat telling? stories the mamir boat stories are not the same as the moments that kratos and atreus have when they're actively doing something that's why i think this like, form well, of storytelling what, what give me those moments well i think the that moments that really work for me again are many of the side quests. I think the side quests in and of themselves had a lot of depth because it contextualized who I was fighting and why this meant something to Kratos. So when I did this action and you did it and you felt like the responsibility of it and he talks about responsibility with his son, there's a real connection that a lot of games don't always do. They have a great cutscene, they have a great connection, but this is is why I really love this game because it does away with some of the dissonance that we get from movies to games because you're actively doing something. And when you're doing something and characters react and that's how narrative is built, I think that Reacting really, really though. Works. Like I, he doesn't re- like like he reacts in a few key beats. Uh, well, because like he tells you is- he tells you how he's feeling and what he's thinking as you are doing and it, as opposed often does to almost nothing with that. Other no, than it's he's... like a tick in the face or like a slight gesture, which is kind of hilarious. Like it's kind of funny. But do you not see the way of dynamic storytelling that a lot that games are going towards that are trying to fight against? kind of cutscene stories and, and trying to be more of your interactive and that's how you build narrative because you know you're waiting while you're carrying your son in that ramp that going up to Freya's place that you've done dozens of times and you know how long it takes to have that character then move and oh, shuffle and act differently or when yes. he moves more quickly when he feels like you get a sense of terror I think a lot more strongly when you um, contextualize it this way and I think you get a sense of fear, and when oh. you have a strong, a strong character that is so afraid, that can be brought so low you because he's slight so- tick. It's oh, kind of, Fanny, it, I can't you're, believe you right, don't those things can work in a game. But when he's carrying, you know, uh, a trace up the ramp to Frey's place when he's when he's ill, like it, we don't really I, at that point. I still didn't really get who a trace is to Kratos. I know it's a father son relationship. I, oh man, but I. I just get nothing like and I get that he's mattering more to him, but I'm not clear in exactly what way and I don't know what their life was like before. It's just not enough and that that really why, why personifies the game for me. So There's not literal. enough of it. Like why do you need so much information? Level. To understand not information, I need it is. properly it's a... dramatized relationships because, you know, calling someone boy and then I was really funny because there's a moment in the game where he's like, you know, calling him boy all the time yeah. and then there's a moment where he says son. And it's just supposed to be. You can tell the game's playing as this like very. Well, he plays it differently. He, plays, he says the line and I, differently. I, bur- I laughed because I was like, "Oh my god!" Like that's the signifier to show that there's an arc here. Like, oh my god! Like let's have actual. And I think that's a problem too with the um, the one shot um, uh, mechanic of this game. There's no cuts. Um, mm. That you really, it's robbing itself of a language so that it, it can't. It kind of 
like with everything else, it's kind of um, tying its hands together and preventing it from from actually doing things where Man, it could emote or it could I, contextualize I really, thing for you. I'm the complete opposite. I'm the of this. I really don't think they're tying their hands. I think they're trying to. That's why I like this game so much because it's it's so unabashedly a video game trying to develop narrative. And it's doing that. I think that. it fails. I think it actually, I think it falls more on the side of being gamey. Like, we're, you know, I spend most of my time doing puzzles and like killing the same enemies yeah. over and over. No, I, I agree. Don't the actually, dissonance there yeah, yeah. is is something that I, I mentioned when I did my review and it's something that mm-hmm. they could have done better. I don't think you need to have huge glowing orbs on the ground. I think yeah. there is, and it became more commonplace, but there there's a way you could take those gaming elements and tone them down I, a little I bit. I agree. And but I, think I don't, I do think your, your characterization it's, it's, of Kratos and that relationship because it's, you know, he wasn't as affectionate or that change. I think you're not giving enough credit to the actor or the interpretation because I really do think there's there know, there I'm, is I'm depth a bit sick there. Of these dude, these dad games. Okay, well like, that's oh, what it my is. Dad smiled I, at me. I knew He's it. Changed. I knew like, it. What? You just hate real dudes. I knew it all along. <laughs> well, what what sacrifice does Kratos really make for his son? He goes into hell, which is you know very symbolic and everything, but. He doesn't really give up anything. No, I don't think for he's necessarily son. making sacrifices. He's just continuing on. It's not about you lose something for this person. Like how it's, does he really change by having a son? He's doing all the same thing. Oh no, that's not true at all. I think his. Well, how is it? How because has he his, changed because by having his a son? Intention and his motivation in all of the other games was almost unified in one thing about vengeance and that's something that we know that fiery oh, but vengeance that resulted in the same thing of just murdering scores no, that, of yeah, that resulted in him and, and now kill. it's not about that and he's trying to teach kind of a different sort of lesson he's trying to break the cycle like as what? he literally says how does he break the cycle he ends up the climax is you killing the unkillable god because he it's was going to kill someone that was doing good. It was the idea. The motivations may be different, but he's doing the exact same things. And well, that's agree. why yes. making a God of War game like this. I mean, this game could have worked if it wasn't a God of War game. Basically. Okay, see, that's I, I think you're really pushing this into a place like this also could have been like papers please and you know kratos realized that vengeance isn't the way <laughs> you get to your own time we, we decide yeah he decided instead to like be a cashier at your at target and just like live the common life like absolutely there's still violence being used but i do think that you it's are the same off base end. it's the same well, it's not same it's end. not the same so end. it's not about the visceral violence and that's even what he says and that's, that's why this game is different no no there's hardly yeah. even any blood in this game man like they've really well changed. there's like ice blood what do you mean like, there's not ice there's blood. blood you the only people you kill are wolf's throats apart but, like down their chests it's i don't know it's <laughs> Well, first of all, it's and then, okay, son. You gotta be responsible as this like mutilated carcass is like between us that I murdered with my bare hands. Like, I think you're being a bit of pain waste here in the, my sexist terms. I think that you're not giving enough credit to to this sort of actor. But you know, I think that I think it maybe it's a bit of the cultural moment too. Like if this was the first game to kind of do this and push in this direction, I, I think it would have a lot more leeway for its flaws. But yeah. we've seen this tr- these tropes and these mechanics a lot now, and. I don't think like, so. Like, I don't think it's been this needs to, unforgiving. Needs to go. Like, like in Freya as the sole female character has a lot of problems. Like, we need they should have really pushed. Maybe you even like playing as the kid or something. Like, I, I don't know. Kratos is it's, it's it, and it's an uphill battle because they're basically taking this non character who's just you know a, a build of anger and and, and muscles mm-hmm. and trying to really um, dramatize his like internal psychological struggles, but they don't actually do that so i disagree i think they they do do that and i think the next movie will not i don't think we're playing as kratos in the next god of war 
I think you're playing. Which is great. Really I mean, that, that's I think his story is done, really and I think they give him, you know, a nice so. goodbye. Uh, so, what do you guys think? If you are listening or watching, do you agree with the? I have another point. <laughs> oh no, that's enough. With the sweet, you know, the kind man that's given you all of your God of War needs, that's been with you since the beginning, <laughs> or this intellectual know-it-all that's trying to tell you what to like? Come on. I I can be your Jordan Peterson <laughs> for the, uh, the anti God of War. This that's is it. the downfall of gaming. That's culture, it. Where tw- what are your twelve yeah. rules for being God of War? Being the good dad of war. Um, stay, telling your son that you love him, uh, <laughs> not calling him boy, <laughs> putting Fanny, away the axe when you when it's time to put away the axe. Fanny, let me tell you. I'll I'll tell you right now. I love you. I don't care. I'm not going to call you boy anymore. the The message is clear. I understand <laughs> that I've ruined art for you by calling you boy every day. So I'm very very sorry, man. Yeah, touch my shoulder more. I need more. I need more physical uh, comfort. And All right. So let, let's get back. Uh, you know, we're going to be back on this. The next big release is probably Detroit Become Human. So that's going to be exciting to talk about in this way because we both got it. We're going to be diving in. And uh, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see where mm-hmm. they can take that sort and of That's narrative. another. I think it's interesting because that's kind of the same problem where it has its own um, set mechanics and they're going to be trying to tell a new narrative through them so we'll see it's also made by like a group of uh, rapists so that's kind of interesting but yeah (laughs) yeah i I was gonna refund it too but i no it's 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 difficult these guys are like two years ago and now it's like cost me five bucks i'm like there's no real point yeah i could i think that will it won't ever reach the heights that god of war has and i'll give you this i do think that a lot of there are some issues with god of war that people are um, not considering because it has a stoic dad that sometime touches the sun and that for a lot of the male oriented uh, gaming public will resonate unreasonably, even though it's not really the strongest sort of way of depicting emotion in a game. Absolutely. I think that it's it just you know, cashes in on your innate understanding that like fathers and sons have like, a yeah, special no, it's, and it's a little yeah. bit, I get a little bit sexist in that way, but I don't think you're giving enough credit, but with uh, Detroit become human, always getting in jabs with you as much as I can uh, Detroit become human. Uh, if you guys have played the demo, it is very compelling because of what I'm talking about here. What I always want in games when they kind of hide the gamey elements in the narrative and mm. in the demo, you like literally you pause the game and it's a mode where you're frozen in time looking around and your objectives are up there because it's how this android is seeing things and they even have something internally and it'll be interesting if this is in the game that is a kind of flow chart and it shows you um, kind of like the boolean processes that a computer would have while it makes choices so it's not a mechanic right yeah building psychology and mm-hmm. possibly drama. So I'm excited for that. But again, I'm, I'm worried because you remember his other games like he he can uh, I forget his name, but they're able to make these really interesting core mechanics. But then the actual execution of the narrative is like really, really yeah. bloated and strange. And you remember Heavy Rain? And they're they're also seem to be kind of awful, uh, you know, yeah. as a studio like ideologically. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, I don't know how deft. Like, what was the one they got in trouble for for that E3 clip of like? No, that used that was uh, that's the trip become human. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. And then like, I, so I don't trust them to have this the sensibility or sensitivity to pull off some. No, no, they're gonna they're gonna, they're French. They're gonna hit it over the head. You know, it's gonna be yeah. something that, and it's a shame because I think they have a really really. 
And again, we're just speculating here, but I think they have a really complex system. Uh, yeah, so that's all from us this week. Keep listening, and thank you again if you have joined the Video Game Sophistry Dialogue Wheel family. Uh, I'm interested to hear what you think, because maybe, maybe Fanny, this is the moment that that silent voice finally has someone that speaks for them. Maybe they're looking at all this God of War stuff, yeah, they yeah. liked it, but they never, they, they just, they didn't want to get destroyed in the comments, but now they can say, you know, I'm with hashtag, I'm with Professor Fanny. 